Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art, but I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience, so I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm-to-table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see it's the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit ForgedEatery.com. Welcome to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have the, the pleasure to, to, have a, to have a friend on. See, not everyone that comes on, despite how the conversations go, is a friend of a good old Rob Lee. But this person is. My next guest is a Baltimore-based actor. Please welcome Chelsea Grant. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's a long time coming. I think the last time I saw you was maybe at a con. Yeah, it was awesome con. That's where we met. Yes, well, there you go. So, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get too deep and in, in, uh, embedded into the the questions about you know your work and kind of how you've grown considerably over that that time frame since then, and more and more, I see you popping up in more and more things, more and more headshots. So, yeah. can you give us the the Chelsea Grant story like you know what was your first experience with art and your first experience with with performance because you know not only are you an actor you 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 have a background in poetry you have a background background as a content creator for YouTube as well but acting is your your primary thing right now so if you will give us your story and and tell us a bit about like when you kind of got bit by the bug the the performance the acting bug and all of that good stuff Sure, sure. No problem. So actually, I started acting when I was in high school. I took about three courses, theaters one, two and three. And then I took another course in college. But I really wasn't into acting until the age of 27. I just finally worked up the nerve to do it, even though it was something that I wanted to do in my late teens and early 20s. I 
officially got into acting because I got let go from my job that I was at an EB employment background investigations. They were having layoffs. So I was unfortunately one of them. And I took the time. This was right before COVID too, because it, it was about March and I got let go that December of 2019. So I had a little bit of time to think, okay, in addition, I'm still job hunting, by the way, but I'm like, what are the hobbies? Like, what are the things that I like to do, but I always put off because my excuse was, well, I got to work. I have grad school. I want time. So I'm like, I got time to visit that. Yeah. So that's when I got into it. And I started around March, officially March 2020. And um, a friend of mine uh, actually helped set me up on YouTube, helped show me like how to you know, get a profile pic and a background pic, how to upload stuff and everything. And I started off officially by writing poetry. I Some of it is still actually on my YouTube page. And, <laughs> and I was actually writing monologues uh, for myself to perform. This stuff I was just making up in my head as well as my poetry. And I was posting it to give myself a little bit of experience in front of the camera. Sure. And then as time went on, I actually started reaching out to people and talking about talk asking them like, well, I want to get a little bit farther than I am now. How do I push myself to the next level? And they started telling me about different acting sites like uh, Actors Access and Dragon Up Connects and things like that. And the one that I started officially on was Backstage mm -hmm. and just started submitting and submitting, submitting for projects. And as luck would have it or fate, however you want to look at it, um, the one of the uh the producers and slash writer's son contacted me this was not even a project i went out for it was my first stage play in baltimore city at a community theater it was redemption's last call that was my first official performance and that that performance kicked off the rest of my acting projects but i'll get to that in a minute and yeah they brought me in i auditioned in person i had to i had to improv so <laughs> i had to dance a little bit no, not dance, sing a little bit. And um, they asked me if I could do learned choreography. And I'm like, sure, even though I dance is not my strong suit. Right. And, yeah. You know, from there, after I did that play that gave me some exposure, I went on to make other connections. So I met people there. And that time I met my mentor, James Lewis, who schooled me more on the business. He's a voiceover coach voiceover actor, schooled me on some things, like I said. And I met people who put me in contact with um, casting directors for like background projects. So I got on, I got, I met Thea Washington with Thea Washington Casting. Shout and, out to Thea. Uh, Sheree McCain and, you know, just several other people that passed me on to different projects. And from there I worked, did background on the spook who sat by the door. I did background on We Own This City. And then from there I did, started off, doing a uh, background on this uh, biopic that's coming out 2023 called Rustin. It's going to mm -hmm. be on Netflix. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. I got bumped up. Yeah, I got bumped up to a principal on that. So in addition to that, I was still doing theater. I did um, their version, Art Faith Productions version of A Cuddle Girls. That was May of 2021. And I was doing all those background projects like all at the same time. It was just like lumped together. Last year was a crazy busy year. And um, then to fast forward a little bit, I actually did just recently in June of this year, did the redo of Redemption's last call at Morgan State University. So nice. that was a really... <laughs> That was a really fun experience. The staff there was so nice. They were so welcoming. They treated us well. It was, 
it was really dope. Oh, and speaking of improv, I can't leave this out. I actually, that was part of my training. I actually went down to big Barber Improv Group and I started doing Zoom classes. Well, in person and Zoom once, you know, COVID hit, we had to go online. And I did that for about a year, came back the following year. And, you know, I actually did some classes this year. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, you know, I actually have some other big projects coming up. I just worked my first principal role in a commercial this past last week of October at yeah, I, well, I can't say what it is right now, but yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun. I'm just, I'm just loving the progress. That's great. It's great to hear that. And um, yeah, and kind of seeing it from afar and seeing that, that progress or what have you. And yeah, it's, it's good to see that you're doing great things and, um, and seeing that you're, you're moving up and having those connections. Like I went to school with Thea. So I, I definitely know Thea. She's been on this podcast. So yeah, hey! a little, little city connection there. <laughs> <laughs> so since since you're you know in that 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 first like like within that first five years right of you're doing it you're growing you're seeing you're having opportunities and i think you know 2020 was a reset for many people you know mm-hmm. some not by choice and not voluntarily other others is like hey you know here's an opportunity to kind of grow and in doing this for instance this podcast kind of like really took off a bit in terms of people were around, people had a chance to, to stop and really think about what they're doing, why they're doing it and really put some thought to it. So more and more content was coming out from, from this sort of place. So yeah, definitely hearing about that. It's like, Oh yeah, you were able to do the thing that you had some interest in and, you know, and really chase it, you know? And that, that's the thing that's always, always interesting. Like you, you, you put that, that timeline on it. Like I was, you know, 20 something or have you versus, yeah, I was 40 and I said, time to act. It's like, nah, <laughs> time to worry about that 401k, you know? Um, so in, in thinking about it, right. How do you, what are some of the skills that, that, that you've utilized and there's multi parts to this question, but what are some of the skills that you've utilized to prepare for a role? Like, you know, moving into principle, moving into, you know, bigger parts or what have you, what are some of the things that you're learning to kind of get into that spot for a role? So for like part of the training, yeah. for me to get into a role, if that's what you're asking specifically, if sure. I'm hearing you, okay. So there's like a whole process to when I get an audition mm-hmm. and having to get prepared for that role. First of all, getting the script, reading over it, familiar, like familiarizing yourself with it, getting a feel for the material, because that's something that I, I actually took a acting course that I finished up. I'm planning to take more once I'm able to. Uh, it was uh, Actors Therapy with Kenzel, the acting coach slash actor. And uh, one of the first things, actually, no, I learned this a little bit beforehand, but he reiterated it. He told us to not just jump right into memorizing like I used to when I would get a script, you have to look at the material, you know, review it, you know, ask yourself the main objective questions to who, what, when, and why, who is this, you know, who is this person? What's their objectives? What's their motives? And I ask myself a little additional thing I do is what adjectives describe this person? Mm. You know, what are the, like, what are, what do they want in this scene? What's blocking them from getting what they want? If of course there's going to be another person in it, ask yourself, you know, what do they want from this person? What's their objectives in the scene, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like a whole script breakdown. So I read over the script. I list those questions. I write everything out and to try and get a really good feel for the character. And then beyond that point, 
I think about how I would be in this scenario because I've learned that acting is really just it's living truthfully in imaginary situations. So I always ask myself, like, what like like what would you know Chelsea do as this person? Of course, I can't put my whole self in it because it's not me, but just like the essence of the emotions and what I think and like what I would think and feel in this situation. And I just write everything down and then I start the process of actually breaking down the script, you know, and then memorizing piece by piece. So I just section everything off. If it's something like a co-star, like for a TV series, that's relatively short. That's typically five lines or less. I just, you know, that's not hard for me to memorize, but I break down every script I get and you know, move from there. I'm, you know, looking at what would this person wear, how would they dress? And then, you know, adding to that, the mannerisms, like, you know, how would they move? Like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, how would I be if I was already on set? I'm in that mindset when I step in front of my softbox lights and well, I don't have it up right now, but my blue black backdrop that is typically behind me. Yeah. And yeah, like it's, it's, it's multi-steps to really getting into getting into a script a character thank you for breaking that down for us no problem you, you, should, you should have your your, your your backdrop just have it up just just have, like look every call i do every interview i do it's just behind me it's just you it's just video of you acting behind you talking right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like this is meta uh so you mentioned big a little bit you know shout out to big how how is improv like, you know, going there? Is this a place of, of performance? It's a place of learning. It's a place of podcasting. Uh, so, so how has it helped you grow? Like taking that, that, that course and take those courses and those classes and, and being involved in the sort of improv community. How does that help you grow, you know, as a performer, as an actor? Big has had a huge impact on my career as I, I, if I don't, if I didn't mention it before, I'll mention it now. That was actually the, my initial training. I didn't have any other training, even before, uh, because they say like, if you're going for TV and film, I'm sure you've heard that some of the best stars, some of the best A-listers, they got their start in theater, which came later for me. But technically I got my start in improv theater. So that was the foundation. Through that I learned how to, one, not be in my head so much because one thing about acting is you can't act within a box. And that was training for me, especially mentally, because I'm a naturally shy girl in real life. But except, and it's crazy because when people see me perform, it's just like, I literally don't even see you. I see somebody completely different. So I'm like, all right, I'm doing my job. But no, big, you know, doing improv, you can't be afraid to be silly. You can't be afraid to be outside the box. Mm-hmm. You can't be afraid to make silly noises, look like your goofy self. And that's really good training to help me learn how to get out of my own head and really into a role and not care how I look. If I look crazy, if I look silly, yeah. if I look nuts, like it, it, you know, it, it, it makes you not afraid to go there and really just kind of lose yourself. And then on top of that with big, it really helped with, how do I want to describe this? So when I'm acting, it, acting is not just reading the live lines off the page. It's really bringing the words to life. It's, um, uh, let me see. What's her name? Wendy Elaine. Uh, Wendy Elaine Wright. 
uh, I'm in a Facebook group that is for actors and aspiring actors and actresses. And she is a talent manager. She, you know, is one of the mods there. She runs that page. And she talked about one of her live views. I mean, one of her live videos on uh, Facebook. Yeah, it was Facebook about how when you're acting, you're creating art with your body mm. and you can't overthink everything that you do because and she talked about how do you think, you know, Picasso, you know, thought about every stroke every time he painted something or, you know, any of the great artists, it's just, it's the same concept. So with big, with big, with that, it, you know, it, it, it helped me to like fill in the spaces with the lines. So it would be more realistic. So mm -hmm. I'm not reading off of a page, you know, I'm improvising like different sounds and movement movements and motion. So I'm bringing a character more to life. That was another thing. It really helped me with improperly helped me. Yeah, they've uh, they've asked me to do some stuff before, and I'm like, I am stiff. I don't know what to do, and I I just want to have like, and I like the way that you described. It. I almost want to have like a a, a kind of like French character 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 in my head. Like, let's go, do it. Just it just be free, flow. I was like, I I ain't got it, bro. And but yeah, seeing that and and seeing people really get all of the stuff out to really be into what they're doing being to the the performance component and recognizing that there is a performance and i think when i i look at it like the the podcast that i did before uh, this was very much off the top i'm just riffing off the top or what have you and recognizing this performance to it and really just being in that zone and not really paying attention to anything else other than the, the conversation i'm having right. and and I think that's what kind of like caught some of the folks there. Big, it's like, yeah, yeah, you should, you should do some of this. I was like, I, I can't yes hand it, bro. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh -huh. Oh yes, of course, the famous yes and. It's like yes, maybe. I don't know. Like, yes, <laughs> I not yes, maybe. <laughs> no, I get it. I've been there before, especially in the beginning stages. I'm like, okay, yes. I wasn't like fully going there because I was like, I'm shy. But eventually, I got to the place where I'm like, yes, and with confidence. Like, sure. And, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, people have, have, you know, get me on this podcast and we'll do interviews and all of that stuff. And they'll say, I'll tell them, like, yo, I'm shy. And they're like, no, you're not. I was like, I am complete. I shh, look, give me something <laughs> big enough to hide behind. I You won't see me. I'll be hiding behind it. I, I'm shy. Stage right all the time. Every every scenario. This is why I like doing it in front of the, um, as I call this computer screen, the uh, the glass of fear and shame. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, describe, if you will, your your last um, experience, like on stage, on screen. What was your your last time, like um, performing, like acting, and you know, what were some of the feelings that were going through you and in, in, in doing that sort of like performance? Like, you know, were you like just just break down that scene for us, if you will, like your, sure. what was going on with you? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I have so many. I got to pick one because I've been in some projects, some good ones, too. So I will pick the one where I got bumped up from from uh, background to day player principal for Rustin. So to start with that, going all the way back, a friend that I met from We Own This City, she actually gave me the flyer to submit all the material as background. This mm -hmm. was last year. This was August of last year. And I went ahead and I just filled everything out. I emailed them and then they contacted me for dates and whatnot. And to, you know, come on. And this was in Pittsburgh, mind you. I had to work as a Pittsburgh local. So when I eventually was able to 
start working on that project. Um, the first day I actually was working on the set of We Own This City. I had a 740, yeah, 745 a.m. call time. I worked for 12 hours. Um, so I was done at seven, home at Brown. Oof. About, yeah, I was home about like 745 because I still had to, you know, get myself home and get checked out. That took 30 minutes. Then I drove home 15 minutes. But anyway, I, I, um, I had to be the next day there at 4.15 a.m., 4 o'clock in the morning, early time. So I had about a four-hour, about three-hour, 45-minute window. But I was on an adrenaline rush because who who I met was the main star, and I got a picture with him, John Bernenthal. That was literally That was the adrenaline rush I needed to go no sleep for 40 hours, go home, you know, repack my duffel, get something to eat. My mom helped set my wig because this was, you know, this was, you know, a piece not of today. I'll put it that way. And yeah. um, I drove up first time from Baltimore to Pittsburgh four hours. It was Oof. yeah, I was. I didn't again. I didn't sleep for like almost two days, and I was on set. And they got me. I got through hair and makeup and everything. The director looked me over. It was just like because it was cold at that time it was early he's gonna be like oh are you cold i was like no i'm I'm good are you sure you gonna hang in there i'm like yes i got it and we spent that was a 13 and a half hour day and i got to work but i got to work for some of the best around some of the best a-listers in the business just to be in close proximity with these a-list stars i can't say who they are but it was so amazing and that project lasted from September all the way to January. Yeah. But I found out in December, me and other people that I work with were getting bumped up to principal roles for all our hard work. Nice. And I knew I had me in there because I was traveling back and forth for months every other week between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore for COVID test fittings and then filming. It was <sighs> back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, it was. And it was and it was not easy because those were some long rides. I can imagine. Yeah. Those were some long rides, man. And uh, we actually just wrapped because it returned back in in D.C. so we could finish it up. And yeah, uh, being on that set was amazing. It taught me a lot because I got I got to make so many connections, not only with other background artists, but also you know, with other, you know, principal artists. And they schooled me and gave me some, you know, gave me some tips and whatnot. I remember the final night we were we were rapping in dc me and several other friends who got bumped up from background and principal hung out with the main cast members at a restaurant in dc and we talked about our different experiences on set what it was like working with the other a listers and everything and that experience really um you know taught me it reminded me that what is meant for you really is for you because in this business you have to be you have to take no constantly and not take it personally if you are someone that keeps handle rejection well it it you know you're going to struggle i had to learn early on you know because there were some things that i auditioned for that i wanted so much and i almost quit acting because rejection but that one that was one of the projects where i was like okay no i'm where i'm supposed to be i'm doing the right thing just because no i mean you know just because i get more notes that's how it's going to be but you just keep the confidence that what is for you is finding you. And that was for me. That was one of the things I'm so blessed to this day that it was for me because it was an amazing, it was an amazing experience. It just, it really taught me that, you know, keep going. You're, you're, 
you're you're right where you're supposed to be. You're right where you're supposed to be. And sure, other things follow. So I'm I'm not complaining at all. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah, I think um, it, it's a good point to kind of segue into this sort of next question that I have. And but, but I want to, yeah, talk about that experience where, you know, it is a lot of no's. It is a lot of you're you're constantly under this sort of um, like I think about the whole casting process. Yeah. You don't look the way that we need. We need someone else or what have you. It's kind of the message that comes over. And it's like we need a very specific type for this thing. And yeah. I'm just going by not necessarily somebody just that's just the climate of it. Even when you read over what the calls are, you're like, oh, I don't fit that or have you or and and I remember um filming because I, I did some background, my my scenes weren't in it for for We Own the City. And I just remember it was a long day. I just remember remember that was a thing, and it was during the summer. And yeah. I, I just remember it was so funny to me because um one of the people in casting was like Hmm, I don't know if a drug dealer will wear that. And I started looking around. I was like, I was a drug dealer. I did wear this. What are we talking about? And I was like, and I was looking at the timeline. I was like, and this was the year I was selling drugs. <laughs> you know, just kind of really playing that up. I was like, this is my type. What are we doing? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think when those sort of longer hours are there and not everybody can can cope with it. Not everybody can, it's not for everyone, right? Like you were touching on a moment ago, like what's for you is, will be for you. So when it comes to like you as a, you know, professionalism is a conversation that comes up. What traits do you possess that, you know, that you feel like, okay, this is afforded me well, this has helped me get some of these opportunities. I've, I've heard, you know, not everyone arrives on time. Not everyone shows up for 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 gigs and for you know uh, different uh, projects or what have you. From your vantage point, what has been something that's allowed you to be successful and like you like you said, moving up from background to like in a more you know a higher a higher level role, more of a principal sort of role. Oh, I'm glad you said that because what you left off on, as far as time and showing up, punctuality that's a big one that I know for me because mind you, I was one of the people that was out of state mm -hmm. yeah out of state i was working as a pittsburgh local and for the i worked almost i worked near to half the production half the production days so wow. i mean yeah i was yeah i was filming from well technically i started COVID testing and fitting in september but i officially started filming in october but i counted because i did it and it went all the way through january and then august and working as many days as i did i know to this day part of the reason they ended up bump bumping me up not only because i had a look they really liked but it's also because i showed up and they had the paperwork because you have to fill out paperwork for stuff like that and i'm sure you're familiar with me on the city where yeah. you live address and everything so they knew where i was coming from and i showed up every like every day on time early ready to work not complaining after just driving some four and a half sometimes five hours and back yeah and they saw that and they saw that punctuality. And then on top of that, they saw that consistency. It's like she's showing up every day. And there were some days where it's like, okay, I'm not even getting used. You know, I'm just sitting behind the scenes and holding just oh, like, okay, they're going to, they're going to use me. They're going to get back to me. And I would be sometimes sitting for 12 to 14 hour days, just doing, just, just waiting to see if I'm going to get used. There's, I still got paid and everything, but sure. you know, that's just part of the business. And that's what I tell people too. It's just like, if you don't have that in you, cause that's knit grip right there. It is not, it is not easy, but, um, cons punctuality, consistency, I say determination, 
and a really strong mindset. Because if you don't have the right mindset in this business, like like I said before, if you can't handle rejection, if you don't know how to handle that, then yeah, it will it will crumble you. I had, I think I mentioned before, I had some moments where I was like, okay, I got rejected from some roles, and I, I almost quit acting because of it. But something in me was just like, no, just don't stop overthinking. It's just you know, you you're never gonna know who got. You're never gonna know why you didn't get the role. You never like, you know, that's a part of the process. And I've learned recently in an acting class in the acting class that I took with Kenzo Lee that you have to treat when you send off your auditions like you're like, I think it's the five stages of grief or death. Yeah. yeah, you have to treat it like that because he his his way of explaining it was it's like it's your baby. It's something you worked hard on and you're releasing it into the world, not knowing what's going to happen to it. And when he said the way to deal with that is submit it and then immediately think about something else, focus on something else, watch that movie you've been wanting to watch, why uh, play that video game you've been wanting to play, you know, go out for a walk or some ice cream, hang, hang out with some friends and whatnot. And part of that is understanding that you're going to go through those stages. So, and I do. And ever since I applied that mindset of like, I'm grieving a loss because that's kind of what it is because yeah. you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You have no control over that. I go through, I literally go, if I have them all five right and in the right order, I think the first one, I think it's denial, which I've gone through. And then, no, 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 I think I'm right. I think it's denial. Then I think, yeah, it's denial. Then it's anger and then bargaining and then sadness slash depression. And then I think finally acceptance. And ever since I started looking at it yeah it took me a minute because i'm like hold on hold on on. i gotta make sure i got all five of these now in the right order so (laughs) when i applied that now when i do apply that to my auditions it's like okay i don't even think about it the way you know the way i used to and recently with the commercial i filmed Mm -hmm. um that was something that i felt good about it you know i felt confident about it and that's another thing if i don't feel confident in my work when i submit it then i didn't do it right i don't care if i book it or not if i feel confident that i did my job but I felt great about that and I ended up getting booked for it. But even if you don't, as long as you, you know, you did your best work, that's yeah. another quality that I find helps. That's, that's great. I, and, and it's funny, like it's as if you have the questions already, you've kind of gone through everything that I had for the real questions. <laughs> uh, so um, I want to, I want to kind of stop at that point right there and actually lean into because i've added a few rapid fire questions since you've been talking i like to add i like to like to tweak as i go along but i i think that that last piece that you said there sort of almost like the blessing and releasing going through those stages of, of grief as it were i think that's really really important because i think we get too hooked onto a thing and it's just like we we we, we, we relate to it in such a way that if we don't get it then it's over. I had that happen when it was a radio gig that, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time and it was just like, eh, and I just had to accept it. I had to take the L, you know, feel bad about it or whatever. And, you know, kind of have that, but just kind of get to the point of, okay, cool. And I'm just going to do something else. And, you know, you start going into like what people are motivated by, why do they go after a certain thing? Sometimes it might be those things that feel a little bit more nefarious of I'm doing this out of spite purely. And sometimes it's like, I have a lot of ambition and I want to make this work. And other times it's like, I want to impress myself. And, but I think being able to get to that point and I I like the way it was described of, you know, just like, you got to move to the next thing. You know, you can't dwell on it. If, if you get picked up, 
great. It's like when when someone has because you know when when it comes to TV shows now. You know, hey, we got canceled. Oh, no, we're coming back. Grow your hair back out. It's like, look, I thought we were canceled. You know, you see more and more of that. And it's an emotional you thing in acting. Sure. <laughs> that, that's what I'm kind of taking from it. It's you definitely it. it's definitely emotional when it comes to the whole the acting, the industry, the, you know, that that whole setup. So that's that's what I'm taking from it. And um, I think being able to chat with you, getting it fresh gives like a different perspective so shout out to you and uh yeah and and congratulations on the the success you've had in growing in this this field you're doing it so shout out thank you thank you so much so now all that goodwill is going to go to waste let's 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 uh talk about some rapid fire questions all right um so don't overthink them don't overthink don't overthink them um so i got five of them for you Okay. Uh, first, uh, first one is what is your favorite genre of movie? Four. Okay, see, so, so right now, you, right now, you're one for one. We're on the same page. Shout out to Shutter. Uh, <laughs> what is na- name an actor you admire? Oh, mm. yeah, you can't overthink it. It's got to be just one actor, not plural. Yeah. <laughs> so, act- one. Okay. 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 Um, Lupita Nyong'o. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is your current phone lock screen? Oh, my current. Oh, so what comes up? Oh, it is the picture of me standing next to John Bernenthal when I'm <laughs> you know, in the city. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did, did he do his point? <laughs> yes, he did. He did. <laughs> That's his I'm, thing. That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm standing to the left of him. And you know I'm I'm close, and I'm got the cheesiest yellow corniest smile ever. And it's him with the serious face, and he's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, th- this one I like. When I remember being on being on the set, uh, the the one day that I worked, what have you, and I just remember the food kind of slapped a little bit. What was the what's the best food that you've had on a project? Like what what sticks out to you in terms of like food that was available? Anything unique? What comes to mind? Oh boy. And ooh, the best food had to be on We Own This City and um and honestly Rustin because one was HBO and then the other one was Netflix. Um mm-hmm. do I need to list specifically what I had or just one thing that really sticks out for you food wise. Oh, okay. Ooh, all right. So for Rustin, uh food wise, for yeah, for Rustin it 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 had to be their black and their black and no, mm, no, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, they're black and catfish. That sounds delicious, actually. Yeah. Oh god, that was so good. <laughs> okay, here's the last one. We're, we're we're forecasting, we're manifesting, we're doing all of that good stuff. Um, describe a role that you would like to play if you had the chance. It can be, let's say, biopic or what have you, which is a running bit I have because I feel like, you know, the sign of being a a a great black actor is. Have, being a biopic playing another black person <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things <laughs> so what would be an ideal role for you to play like at this stage that you're like hey netflix we saw your work you know we would love to you know do this whole movie behind you you know just you're the lead and they come with you they come to you with this is who we want you to be it's a biopic who would it be what do you think would be the, the role that you would say yes to oh for me i think the genre for it, it would, you know, if I could play, if I could play 
something along the lines of uh, Zoe Zaldana's role, Colombiana, okay. in Colombiana, something along that genre. If yeah. I could, it could be either a series or a feature film. I don't care. I would do it in either or. Like I, I've always wanted to do something adventurous like that. Yeah, I, like one of the like goals that I have at a point to play a role in a major network for something for like that genre. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I just need to be the background heavy. Just, you know, just, you know, hook your boy up. Just like, hey, you know, I, need, I just need some guy to, yeah, you got it. You know, whatever Middle East, whatever, uh, what is it? Whatever South American country is like, yeah, you got it. Ecuador or whatever. I, I don't know. No, no, no. I got you. I got you. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Ecuador. That's a, that is bad. So, <laughs> so with that, um, I want to thank you for finally we, we did it. I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast and and chopping it up with me and um you know continue success for you and um I want to invite and encourage you to tell folks where to check you out and how they can uh, connect with you on the social medias and all. The floor is yours. Oh yeah, sure. So I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. Just my name, Chelsea Grant. First name C H E L S I E. Last name is Grant, like Grant a wish. And I am on Instagram. My name again is uh, Ch Chelsea Grant, but specifically my handle is all lowercase at Chelsea Grant six. No spaces. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Chelsea Grant for coming onto the podcast to chop it up with me. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, there's there's actors, there's artists, there's, you know, people doing great things in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for them. Oh,